0: Lord Jesus, in bold accord, we do want to follow you. So please open your word to us this morning and teach us how to have courage in pursuing you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Several years ago, I was backpacking with a group of college students in the Sierras. And as we were resting by a waterfall, some of the guys in the group climbed to the top of the cliff and started jumping off to the water below. And as the leader of the trip, I could only think of one word, lawsuit. So I made them stop. But later I regretted that I'd done that because in reality the cliff wasn't really very high. I was just being paranoid and they were just doing what 20-year-old males do, jump off things. You know, brain hasn't fully developed yet. But more than that, I felt like the life lesson I had given these thoroughbred stallions was play it safe, don't take risks. And I think that's often how we live our lives. Play it safe, don't take risks. Now, we come by it naturally. We live in the most risk-averse, fearful society ever. We're afraid of losing money, afraid of failure, afraid of being rejected, Afraid to give up our time. Afraid for our children. Some of us are afraid of our children. (laughs) We buy insurance for our cars, our houses, our health, our lives. Did you know you can even get pet insurance? It's true. Some of us apparently are afraid for Fido. In the last decade, crime has decreased 20%. But media coverage of crime has increased 600%. Making us afraid of criminals that don't even exist. And daily we are we endure a constant barrage of media messages that keep us terrified of SARS and bird flu and kidnappers and financial disasters and airplane crashes and rolling SUVs, ozone depletion, global warming, and ring around the collar. And all of that fear... In spite of the fact that we have better medical technology than ever, we have better law enforcement, we have insurance that protects us from financial harm, retirement accounts, social security, never have so many been so secure for so long and so terrified of it. And it's in the middle of this culture of fear that Jesus comes to us and he says, take a risk, get out of the boat, walk on water. It's a very counterculture message. You know, you read through the pages of Scripture, and one of the things you'll notice is that God is a decided risk-taker. It starts when he creates the whole universe. That was a risk. I mean, it just gave him trouble later on down the road. Then he gave us free will. That was a risk because we just used it to choose against him. He calls a stuttering murderer named Moses to lead his chosen people out of slavery. That was a gamble. And then with Pharaoh's army charging hard after them, he lets Israel get trapped by the Red Sea and waits till the very last minute and then he parts the ocean in two. And then he comes himself and the person of Jesus is born as a baby into the clumsy hands of two teenage peasants who could have just botched the whole thing. Then he lets Jesus get tortured and killed on a cross and and instead of just raising him from the dead right away to make things really interesting, leaves him in the tomb for three days. And then we get Easter morning. I mean, talk about a cliffhanger. I mean, One of the things you you have to conclude when you read the Bible is that if God were going to the movies, he wouldn't choose a romantic comedy. He likes action flicks, which is just good taste. He loves adventure. He loves risk. And he loves to call us to join him in his grand adventure. That's what he does here in this story with Peter. He says, come on, Peter. Get out of the boat and walk on water in the middle of a storm. I mean, it's hard enough to walk on water, right? Let alone in the middle of a storm. you think the least Jesus could have done would have been to have provided a smooth surface for Peter to do it. Maybe a little sun. This winter we're talking about what a disciple is. And a disciple is someone who takes risks to follow Jesus. Risks like giving some of our time and our money to his purposes telling others about him, caring for people who are hurting, maybe even physical risks. There have been times when I've been in the inner city at night handing out sandwiches to homeless people and I've had the thought, am I safe here? If we want to follow Jesus, if we want to know his power, we will join him in some risky adventures. Now I want to be clear, I'm not talking about going out and doing something stupid. This isn't about bungee jumping for Jesus I don't think God calls us to take risks for risk's sake. That's why Peter says in this passage, Is it you, Lord? Because he wants to know that it's Jesus he's following, not some desire for risk. But, if we want to know Jesus' power, if we want to see the kinds of things the disciples saw, if we want to walk on water, then as my colleague John Ortberg says, we got to get out of the boat. Because there's one thing for sure, if we cower in fear in the boat, We're never going to walk on water. And if you've never seen the power of Jesus in your life, perhaps it's because you've been playing it too safe. So, how do we get out of the boat? How do we become water walkers? Well, a couple of things. I think the first thing is we don't wait for the right circumstances to to, to take the risk. You know, Jesus calls Peter out of the boat in the middle of the storm. And Peter could have said, you know, this... This really isn't a good time for me, Lord, to be walking on water. Maybe we could wait until spring when things are calmer. (laughs) Jesus says, get out of the boat now. So often our response to God is when he asks us to take a risk, to say, you know, not the right time there, Lord, later. Maybe when I'm more financially secure, I'll give. or, Or when that person is really ready to hear about Jesus, then I'll talk to them. There is no right time. We need to make friends with this fact. Nirvana is never going to happen. There's always going to be a storm. But Jesus gives us the power to walk on top of the storm. The right time to take a risk is whenever Jesus says to us, Come on, get out of the boat. The second thing we have to do to walk on water is have faith that Jesus is bigger than our fears. Have faith that Jesus is bigger than our fears. As the disciples are cowering in the boat, Jesus comes to them and he says, Take courage, it is I. Or in the Greek, I am, which is the biblical name for God. In other words, yeah, there's a storm out there, but I am. And I am bigger than that storm. True, we may lose some time and money if we follow Jesus. But Jesus is bigger than those things. And what we gain is way more valuable. I mean, what would you rather have, a little bit more time in your calendar or a few more dollars in your bank account to spend on passing pleasures, or the power of Jesus to walk on water and to become like him and to see the things the disciples saw? Yeah, some people may think we're weird if we talk about Jesus or worse, if we act like him, but Jesus is bigger and what we gain in depth of relationship and adventurous living is way more valuable. Whenever I go into the inner city to serve, if I feel afraid for my safety, I remind myself of a couple of things. First, statistically speaking, there's not really much chance of anything happening to me, even in the inner city. That's that 600% media coverage thing that's making me afraid. Second, Jesus can protect me. Third, even if I do get hurt or killed, so what? I say I believe I'm going to be raised from the dead. I'll just be sent to God faster. To be a water walker, we must have faith that Jesus is bigger than our fears. Not just believe that he is, but have faith that he is. Because there's a difference between belief and faith. I can believe that the chair will hold me up. I don't have faith that the chair will hold me up until I sit in it. Faith is belief in action. We will never know that Jesus is real until we act as if he is. Not just say we think he is, but act as if he is. The priests have to put their water in the Jordan River at flood stage, and then God stops the stream. Peter has to get out of the boat, and then he can walk on water. And each time we act on what we say we believe, our trust in God grows bigger, our fears grow smaller, and our spiritual comfort zone expands. Maybe we start with something small. Maybe it's just show up here at a social event or a service opportunity, just a one-time thing. And we meet some good people and God feels closer and that gives us the courage to take the next step, maybe something more risky, teach Sunday school or short-term mission trip or tutor a kid at KidReach. And with each step, our spiritual comfort zone is expanded and we trust God because we've seen him come through for us. But it can only happen if we have faith that Jesus is bigger than what we fear. Not just believe it, but act as if it's true. Faith is belief in action. And finally, to walk on water, and this is the most important maybe, we can't worry about failure. Because if we follow Jesus, we're going to have some. I think what keeps us in the boat more than anything else is fear of failure. What if I talk to a colleague about Jesus and he thinks I'm an idiot? What if I lead a Bible study and I don't have all the answers? What if I start some kind of ministry and it flops? Fear of failure prevents us from stepping out in faith. When I was in California, I I was afraid to start a ministry to the homeless because I was afraid nobody would do it. I was afraid I would fail, so it paralyzed me. Last Easter, I was afraid to have five Easter services because I was afraid it would fail. In fact, right before the last service in the community center, I went in and I made him take down half the chairs because I didn't think anyone was going to come. Turned out to be our biggest service. Oh, well. I think too often we say, we can't do that. It'll never work. And so we only try what we know that we can do, which usually ends up being pretty small and not very God-sized. But real water walkers realize that anything God calls us to to do will look impossible at first and will probably include some failure along the way. But failure isn't fatal. It's a chance to grow. It took Thomas Edison over a thousand tries to get the light bulb right. And when he was asked how did it feel to fail a thousand times, he said, I never failed. I just found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Failure isn't fatal. It's a chance to grow. What's fatal is never getting out of the boat. You know, I hope that some Sunday, you know, we have these testimonies. I hope some Sunday we have a testimony of someone who gets up and says, I tried this thing for God and I failed. Glory, hallelujah. Some of you are going, "I, I could provide that testimony. I got one. And you know how I hope all of you respond to that testimony? I hope you give that person a standing ovation for having the guts to try something so big for God that he failed rather than just stay in the boat. Can you imagine if churches were places where when people risked something for Jesus and failed, they were applauded for taking the risk in the first place? You couldn't keep people out of churches, could you? Was Peter a failure in this story? Probably. I mean, he just managed to take a few measly steps and then he sank like a stone. But there were 11 bigger failures sitting in the boat. Failure isn't fatal. And even if we sink, even if we try something in sync, we will find what Peter found, that Jesus was there to lift him up. Because sometimes it's in failure that Jesus becomes most real to us. And always, always what we get is the adventure. I mean, Peter got to be the only ordinary human being ever to walk on water. I mean, is that cool or what? And who would you rather be? Out of the 12 disciples, who would you rather be? Thaddeus? Th- sitting all warm and dry in the boat? I mean, tha- I mean, when was the last time you read a good Thaddeus story in the Bible, right? <laughs> Thaddeus is a nobody. No, you want to be Peter, dripping wet and cold, but having walked on the surface of the waves. If you want to know adventure, if you want to experience his power, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Because here's the deal. Jesus isn't in the boat. He's out on the water. And that's where we should be, too. One of the reasons I wanted to be a professor was it felt safe to me. As a shy people pleaser, being a pastor sounded scary. I'd I'd have to say things that people don't want to hear. I'd, I'd have to make decisions that they don't like. Reading Shakespeare all day just sounded way better to me. The library for me was a nice, safe boat. But while I was in graduate school, I met a former Stanford student at a party, and he said, "You know, there's this college ministry at Menlo Park that could use some help. You ought to, you ought to volunteer some time." In other words, get out of the boat, Dudley. So I did that. I led a Bible study, did some teaching for them, just kind of as a volunteer, and. Right as I was getting comfortable with that, God expanded my spiritual comfort zone again. He has a way of doing that. The college pastor at the time started telling me that I, she thought I should go into full-time ministry. And, and she, she never pulled her punches. So every time I'd teach, she'd say, she'd say the same thing. She'd say, you are in direct defiance of the sovereign will of the holy God not going into ministry. Whoa, <laughs> chill out. She did that for two years. And then she quit her job. And then she she got the church to pester me into taking it for her. To me, it was a huge risk. The college ministry I was asked to lead had dwindled down to a handful of students and the few that were left were grumpy. And I was going to have to give up a, a somewhat promising academic career to go into ministry. It was a risk. And to this day, I will never know what I lost in taking that risk. I don't know what books I'll never write. I don't know what university I'll never teach at. I don't know what endowed chair I'll never have. I don't know. And in my best moments, I don't care. Because when I think of all the water I have been able to walk on since, the students I got to watch grow from into men and women of God and with whom I shared some of life's deepest moments, things like the death of a parent or getting married or coming to Christ for the first time. When I think of the close friendships I've forged through serving with people, the adventures I've had in places like Ecuador and Guatemala, when I remember the times I failed and and saw God use those failures to help me grow, and when I think about this church and all the people here that I have grown to love so much already, and all the ways that we are going to show the love of Jesus to the east side, when I think of all of that, whatever I may have given up to go into ministry seems cheap at twice the price in comparison to what I gained by getting out of the safe academic boat to see if I could walk on water, even if I sank a time or two. Now, God doesn't call all of us to be pastors. What a weird world that would be. But there are other risks. This December, a friend of mine noticed that at her son's school, they were talking about Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and Ramadan, but not Christmas. And rather than get all mad and hostile about it, she called the teacher and just very politely said, hey, would you like someone to come in and talk about Christmas? And the teacher said, sure. So she went and told that class the Christmas story. Now, that was a risk. I mean, she could have been rejected. The, the teacher could have gotten angry and taken it an out on her kid. But she took a risk and a classroom of students got to hear why God came to earth. Or think of Chris Bennett. Chris Bennett from our church, who started a ministry in her school district where she and others help families in transition or in financial crisis get what they need. Everything from money to meals to Halloween costumes when they can't afford them. But think of the risks it, co- it cost Chris to start that ministry. It, it cost her time. She, she could have been rejected. It could have failed. But Jesus was there and she's walking on water. Maybe God is calling you to take a financial risk. Give more than you think you can give to His work. Maybe it's the risk of giving up some time to serve Him or start a Bible study in your office. I mean, now's the right time. Everyone's talking about Jesus because of the Da Vinci Code and the Passion. Maybe it's caring for a few people who are having a hard time at work or in your neighborhood. And how can we as a church take risks that are huge for Jesus even if we fail, so what? I would rather fail for the right reasons than succeed for the wrong ones any day of the week, wouldn't you? And failing, and, get, and being afraid to get out of the boat is definitely failing for the wrong reason. What is your boat? And how is Jesus calling you to get out of it? And don't you want to follow him to see if you can walk on water? Because even if you sink... Like Peter, you're going to find that Jesus is right there to pick you up and you're going to know that he's real. My daughter is afraid to swim, which I don't understand because I grew up swimming in rivers and oceans and creeks and lakes and mud puddles. You name it, I swam in it. And so many times I have done the daddy thing where she's been up on the edge of the swimming pool trembling with fear and I've been down in the water saying, Come on, jump, I'll catch you. And all I want is for her to jump. I want her to trust me that I'm not going to drop her. I I want her to know that I'm a great swimmer and that I'm strong and that I can hold her up. I want her to jump so that she can overcome her fears and grow in courage. And there's no other way for her to do that but to jump. I mean, I can't preach a sermon about jumping. I can't give her a good theology of jumping. She's just got to do it. But more than that, I want her to jump so that she can know what I know. The joy of diving into Lake Washington on a hot summer day and swimming out from the shore, unencumbered by the land, unafraid of the water, having the time of my life. Jesus is standing outside your boat and His arms are stretched out and He's saying, Take courage, it is I, and I am strong enough to hold you up. Come on! The water's great. There's an adventure to be had. Get out of the boat. You don't want to miss it. Lord Jesus, lead on and we will follow you. Lord, even when we feel afraid, we ask that you would lead us and guide us and give us courage to follow you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.